Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, December 13th. Coming up, it used to be that no catalytic converter was safe in Kansas City. But in the past year, thefts of the car part have declined by 70%. We'll hear why. But first, some headlines. Serious cases of COVID-19 surged this week at the University of Kansas Health System. There are 33 active inpatient cases, up from 19 the week prior. Seven of those cases are in the ICU. Dr. Dana Hawkinson is an infectious disease expert for the hospital. He says the cases may be a sign of a seasonal trend. Compared to other viruses, it seems to be in higher circulation, even in the warmer months. But now it is looking as if there is more of a seasonality to COVID-19. The CDC reports that only 16 percent of adults and 7 percent of children have received the new COVID vaccine. Jackson County will pay $1.2 million to settle the case of a person who died in the county jail. Here's KCUR's Sam Zeff. The county legislature approved the money to settle the case of 21-year-old Marcus Wagner, who died two years ago, according to a lawsuit filed by his family. Wagner died while handcuffed in a restraining chair. His family said he suffered from mental health concerns. The lawsuit also alleged Wagner repeatedly told guards he couldn't breathe. Wagner's family also sued Advanced Correctional Health Care and Maxim Health Care, two companies that provide medical care at the jail. That part of the case is set for trial next September. A proposed bill before Congress could ban hedge funds, investment trusts, and private equity groups from owning residential housing nationwide. One such group owns thousands of homes in the Midwest. Kayvon Mansouri has more. The bill would require private equity investors to completely divest from ownership of single-family homes over the next 10 years. Representative Adam Smith of Washington and Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon, both Democrats, introduced the bill. In a statement, they said the dominance of hedge funds in the housing market has made home ownership unaffordable for middle-class families. Earlier this year, a Midwest newsroom investigation found one private equity firm, Vinebrook Homes, owned more than 1,200 single-family rentals in Kansas City. The company owns about 27,000 homes nationwide, many of which are in the Midwest. Under the proposed law, the U.S. government would heavily tax companies that do not sell off their holdings after the 10-year cutoff. We'll be back after this. After years of a huge rise in catalytic converter thefts, the crime has dropped 70% this year. KCUR's Sam Zeff has been reporting on the issue. He told KCUR's Steve Kraske what exactly a catalytic converter is, why it was so valuable, and why thefts have fallen substantially. So first of all, for people who are listening who might know nothing about cars, 
What is the catalytic converter and what purpose does it serve in a car? Well, it's nothing new. They've been around since 1975. In fact, the EPA says they're the most effective and important pollution control device on a car. Uh, and they, uh, they work very simply. They have three very precious metals uh, in them. Uh, as the exhaust from your engine passes through them, 90 percent of the uh, uh, toxic exhaust gets turned into uh, uh, CO2, nitrogen, and water vapor, and that's a lot of what comes out of the, uh, comes out of the tailpipe. I, I knew all that. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> Let's get into the numbers here. How many catalytic converters were stolen here in Kansas City, Missouri last year, and how many have been stolen so far in 2023? Yeah, here's the numbers. Last year, 2,176 catalytic converters mm -hmm. were stolen in Kansas City, according to KCPD data. By the end of November this year, that number was only 570. Oh my. Wow. If you uh, if you extend that out through the uh, through the uh, rest of the year, that is, as you've said, about a seventy percent decrease in Kansas City. In Kansas, uh, the KBI also says that there was a, a, a decrease that actually started last year, a sixteen percent decrease. Uh, in Kansas from 2021 to 2022, 2023 figures from the KBI won't be available until sometime uh, next year. Those numbers don't include, by the way, numbers from KCK. Kansas City, Kansas reports their uh, thefts differently to the state. But uh, what we do know Catalytic converters uh, thefts down everywhere from from a huge number uh, to at least down in most areas. Can you pinpoint which neighborhoods are seeing the biggest shifts? Well, in Kansas City, uh, I, I was uh, when I looked at the data, uh, I was particularly interested in what happened in uh, the Central Patrol Division. Central Patrol includes Westport downtown and the Plaza. Uh, in 2022, there were 820 catalytic converters stolen in that division, according to KCPD. Uh, as of the end of November, that was down to 142. If you extend that out through the end of the year, it looks like an 82% drop wow. uh, in those neighborhoods. Is all this, is this change we're seeing extending to the rest of the country as well? Yeah. So for the most part, uh, what you see here, you see everywhere. Catalytic converter thefts, uh, as in most crimes, generally start on the coast and work their way uh, and work their way to the Midwest. Uh, but we've been seeing catalytic converter thefts over the last year drop uh, everywhere across the country. In fact, across the world. This is not just a problem in uh, in Kansas City. In the United States, it's uh, anywhere where you drive a car where there's a catalytic converter. Uh, this was a this was a problem worldwide. So, what makes these catalytic converters so appealing to thieves? Uh, it is uh, three of the most precious metals uh, on the planet, uh, and in their uh, they're uh, referred to as the platinum metal group, uh, and the prices have just uh, collapsed. Uh, in the last year. Okay, so you come out to your car after a long day of work, your catalytic converter has been stolen, you're looking at replacing it. What does something like that cost? Uh, somewhere between $1,500 and $2,500 in cash. Wow. Uh, your insurance covers that if, in fact, you are insured, but there's always a deductible with that. Uh, and also, and this is what I discovered when my catalytic converter was, uh, was stolen, uh, I paid the $500 deductible, insurance paid the rest, but uh, your insurance price still goes up. 
uh, even though there's nothing you can, not nothing, but you know, generally it's not your fault that your catalytic converter has been stolen, uh, the insurance company uh, will still raise your premium if that happens. So there is a price to pay even for people who are insured. Okay, so the price of these precious metals has dipped and, and dipped dramatically. There's also, though, been a law enforcement response here, Sam, that plays a huge role in cases that have been brought against catalytic converter middlemen. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the way this works is somebody will steal your catalytic converter. They'll sell it to perhaps a scrap metal dealer for 150 maybe $200. That person then sells it to a middleman called a decanter. So the decanter will take out the precious metals and it'll go uh, through the system until it's finally refined and these precious metals uh, and these precious metals come out. So what uh, what the uh, what law enforcement uh, at first they you know thought well maybe we can uh, uh, arrest our way out by uh, trying to find the people who are stealing that catalytic converters. Well, that, of course, didn't work. But they went after the middlemen. And so there were, there's been some huge cases uh, made in just the last year. In October, Steve, three members of a California family pleaded guilty to shipping $600 million of stolen catalytic converters wow. to New Jersey. Last October in Minnesota, federal officials charged four men with selling $21 million worth of catalytic converters. 11 people at a Philadelphia towing company. Uh, <laughs> Philly which, being your old stomping ground, right. just for the uh, record. That's right. Uh, uh, were charged by local authorities with stealing uh, $8 million worth of catalytic converters. And we had our own huge case here, Steve, that you may remember. So I assume that politicians are getting involved here, given that this catalytic converter theft is affecting so many people. Um, what are we seeing from legislatures in our neck of the woods to address all this? Yeah, so I think one of the things that spurred on, uh, of course, the Missouri General Assembly was the case I just talked about, 56-year-old James Spick. He pleaded guilty back in July to one count of conspiracy to commit interstate transportation of stolen property. Spick ran J&J Recycling on Truman Road and Independence. Federal authorities said between 2018 and 2021, he made $11 million selling stolen catalytic converters to companies in four states, including Missouri. Spick is going to be sentenced, by the way, on January 17th. So with that in mind, both the Kansas legislature and the Missouri General Assembly, well, the Kansas legislature acted. Uh, and they put in a series of laws that require uh, scrap dealers to uh, register with the attorney general's office and also to uh, report more of the transactions that they were doing. So there's a database now that police can consult and they can look for patterns in Kansas to see what scrap yards or metal dealers are dealing in catalytic converters, and then they can make a decision whether any of that is illegal. In Missouri, there was a bill filed, and it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, and now there has been a bill pre-filed uh, that would require uh, catalytic converters to be stamped with a vehicle identification number. Every car, as you know, has a VIN. Lots of parts on cars also have that VIN stamped on them, hmm. uh, which is a federal law so, uh, so that police can make uh, cases against chop shops. Catalytic converters are not among them. This new law that was pre-filed, this uh, uh, legislation that was pre-filed would require that. Here's the hole in that, though. In Missouri, uh, under this legislation and under current sort of legislation that uh, that is out there that uh, somewhat regulates this, uh, if the scrap metal dealer 
has a previous business relationship, that's the words in the legislation, then they don't have to do, they don't have to do all, of the, uh, all of the paperwork that goes with that. Uh, law enforcement would uh, say that that is a hole uh, in the law and may not crack down uh, as much on catalytic converter thefts as they would hope. That was KCUR's Sam Zeff and Steve Kraske. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. If you want to support our show, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.